Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. So at last we left our hero. We were in Miami with three days with like Sophie Tucker. Rickles. I just so what was Sophie Tucker like? Just like if you ever saw her, she was larger than life. Right. Dirty. Right. Funny. <laughs> abroad. And she left. She had a kid, right? And then she left the kid. And I didn't know that. Or she was from Connecticut, right? Or yeah. yeah, I don't know. But she did a number. I mean, now she had to be in her late sixties. Oh, okay. At this point, more, right? Huge, and her opening number. She came out on stage in a sequins cowboy suit, right? Tight pants, white boots, white jacket, white hat, guns, and did a number. Um, bang bang, Lulu from. Dallas. Right. And she 
all sex, you know. Right. And, and you thought of it when you look at it, you say, I don't want it. <laughs> but she was amazing. She was a real pro. Yeah. And Rickles was down in the I just bar. can't imagine him being mean. He well, was an angry guy at that point. He he really was. How old was he? I don't know. It was 1958. Right. I wasn't born yet. Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, but he was drinking a lot then. Right. Yeah. And uh, Sean, we went out and hit golf balls with Dick Sean, came right. back and had drinks with Rickles and right. then oh had God. a snack with Sophie. Yeah, that's what I used to do, too. <laughs> All right. That's so, how I talked about Judy. I had that yeah, oh, podcast yeah. with Judy. And then you and went. Then I, then I had lunch. <laughs> okay. I, I thought this was about things that you were mad at. I am. You're, I'm going to get well, there. I, we're not going to have any time. You're going to yes, be mad at me by the time. No, I'm not. Okay. This is what I need to. This is really what I love about you. So first of all, you wrote the um, what was the skit uh, about the um, the guy brings the wrong baby home? That was the first Van Dyke show that Sam and right. I did. Right. So and um, and you got a lot of shit for that. No, not really. Uh, you, before we did it, right? The network was very concerned because this was in 1962. Right. My year of my birth. And uh, <laughs> a new Jew comes into the world. And right, and. Uh, the civil rights movement or the pot, the pot was just starting to right. simmer and it was not being received well. You know, there wasn't right. a big thing at that point. So we, when I had, when we had our first, when I, I don't like her, when I had my first child, right? I was living in the Hollywood Hills. This is with your which wife? For, with, with my the first one. former previous, wife. previous former. I don't okay. know my uh, original my original wife. Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we're living in Hollywood Hills, and uh, I was I'm very crazy about plans and stuff, as Pla- you know, Liza. Yes. We we're always on time. We never right. missing. So I timed the trip to the hospital on various roads at various times of the day. Right. And even <laughs> at two in the morning. Right. I just wanted to be sure what I had. So it actually happened at three in the morning and I was very confident and I'm rushing to the hospital and a block from the hospital I stopped for gas. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to run out of gas. I, uh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's me. I'll do right. that. There's a time where where we were on a vacation and we changed planes in Puerto Rico. Right. And we were coming to New York and we had the bags on the thing. And where we, this thing in Puerto Rico is huge. And the, right about 10 feet from where we were, the belt went up a hill right. and then disappeared for about an hour and came out again. <laughs> and so somebody said, oh, I need my thing. So I bent over and all of the tickets were in my pocket right. and they all fell out. <laughs> I started to climb up this table <laughs> and they thought, there goes Bill. Yeah. Never, never see him again. Um, so... You hung out with Farrah Fawcett. Well, um, Farrah, Farrah, we used to 
there, you know the Billy Jack movies. Do you remember them? At wait, all? wait. Oh, wait. oh okay. Go you ahead. Sorry. From the, okay. I know. From I jumped what? ahead from the That's My Boy. Oh, no, yeah. From well, the oh, yeah. Black so, Baby thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what ha- that's not. You gave it away. So. God damn it, Leonard. So, at any rate, when we were. When my baby was born. Right. We kept getting the wrong flowers. Right. And, and I thought, Jesus, how do you know you got the right baby? Right. You know? And so. Told Carl that, and yeah. he said, I love it. It's the first show we ever wrote. Right. And uh, the problem was, at the end, how do you prove it? There was no DNA right. in use. I mean, we had I'm it. I'm sure it's happened a million times. We never had well, it, you no, know. Yeah. And the only way to do it was when the other couple came. Right. They had to be of a different ethnicity. Right. And Carl said, I want them to be African-American. Right. Well, he didn't say African-American. I don't know what we were saying then. Black, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Negroes had yeah. changed over yeah. the time. But anyway, he wanted to be an African-American couple. And the network, they just couldn't believe he was even thinking. Of right. That. He said, no, they should be Asian or, you know, or something. <laughs> right. Or Indian or whatever. He said, no, it's time to do this. Carl right. Carl is the most amazing. Carl Reiner, yeah. Carl Reiner is the most amazing, courageous, funny, Ugh. sweet, honorable. Oh, God, what a what a treat to yeah. have him in my life as I have. Do you still He's, hang out with those guys, him and Mel? I talk, have... Mel and he and Mel usually have dinner together. Right. right. Uh, and uh, watch a movie at night at Carl's house. and. Their favorite movies are movies that have the line, secure the perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll watch anything where you have to secure the perimeter. And, and the other one is, you better get a little rest. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, they know the Bourne movies by heart at right. this point. So anyway, Carl went to the network and he said, uh, no, it has to be a black couple. And they said, well, Carl... These people are going to come in the door, and there's going to be a laugh, and it's too early in this movement right. for a white couple to make fun of a black couple. Right. And Carl said, no, no, you got it wrong. It's the black couple that's making fun of the white couple. Right. And the guy said, well, we're certainly not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> so Carl said, if, if you don't do it, I won't do the show anymore. Wow. And so they finally succumbed. So they these couple the couple comes home with Greg a black, Morris it was oh wow oh wow so they anyway, come home with a black baby they, well the whole show is that Dick gets this suspicion because right. they got some flowers that were wrong and everything right. and the baby didn't look like him and right it was a hilarious show I mean it was wonderful but at the end he finally got he said you have to come over because you have our baby and we have yours and let's right. let's do it before we get too attached and. So they're coming over, and right. Laura, Mary, finds out, and she said, "There's no way this is not my baby." And it's you know it's it's funny or strange or interesting things that like you find funny right. or funnier than anything, but than a joke. Right. I mean, there were so many great lines and great moments in that show. But my favorite has always been that when he's about to open the door and Dick and Mary is protecting 
her baby. Her baby, the you know, little carriage. Yeah. And she said, there's no way anyone is taking my baby. And he just stood there and said, Laura, I think it would be best if you went to your room. <laughs> just the way he said right. it was so great. And then they opened the door. And we didn't know what would happen, right. really. We assumed, but we didn't know. And they came in, and there was a moment of silence. And I was standing next to Carl, and he said, oh, shit. And then a laugh started that didn't stop for about right. 20 minutes. Wow. Every time we got it under control and went back to pick up the shot, right. uh -huh. they'd start again, and they'd start <laughs> again. And it got funnier uh, and go. funnier and funnier, and people started to realize the deeper right. meaning of what was happening. Right. So that was the first Van Dyke. Now, How did you go from, like, it says here that you didn't get credit for writing 14 episodes of this show? No. Oh, no, no, I think what it, what happened is when we became story editors, yeah. we rewrote a lot of stuff, but we never took credit. Isn't that uh, but detrimental you got paid. to your wallet? Yeah, but we were, we were part of the show. And right. It was just Carl's way. I mean, a lot of shows that they'd have a writer come in and then they'd rewrite it mm -hmm. and take credit for it or share the credit. And the Writers Guild would send it out for people to read and decide. And Carl just said, never. We, we, we had a show where a guy won the Writers Guild Award, and we had written the show. Carl and Sam Ugh, and I had How annoying show. is that? And people would always send the final script as a sample of their writing. Right. You know, not the first mm -hmm. script. Exactly. So oh, wow. did you know Mary Tyler Moore was going to be as huge? Oh, God. She already was. Yeah. You know. She was amazing. Oh, I felt I, loved I was her. so in love with her, and and we became very close when she moved to New York because right. I was the only person who she really knew as a friend. Right. And I mean, everybody in the world wanted her to come here, come right. there, do whatever. And it was so strange. I was walking down the street in Soho with her. How long ago? Oh, right when she first came here, right. and I turned around. And it was, you remember the E.F. Hutton commercial? Yeah, when he yes. Touched, everybody when E.F. Hutton talks. Everybody yeah, listens yes. and everyone was frozen. And the whole block just stopped. was just frozen. Right. <laughs> it was like a motorboat had gone right, through. Right. And she was the wake. And right. they, you know, they were the wake of her. Wow. I can't, she, I, she was big. So how did you discover Marlo Thomas? I didn't. Marlo Thomas had discovered herself long before Right, that. I mean... Marlo was a very successful young actress right. in, in, in L.A. and worked. Like theater actress? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she worked and worked and, and, you know, didn't want to be... You couldn't help but be Danny Thomas' daughter, right. but she didn't want to do, get stuff because she was Danny Thomas' daughter. And uh, she had been in a pilot at ABC... In 1964, mm -hmm. about four stewardesses who shared an apartment, and back then, that's what women, shows yeah. with with women were. I right. mean, the only stars of shows were like uh, Lucy. Uh, yeah, no. well, that was you know that was a couple. Yeah, but but you know, Spring Byington, who was 80, she mm -hmm. was the star of her show, and Beulah was the star of her show. But young women, there was no way that they were they were either a nurse 
a teacher. nanny, a yeah. teacher, mm-hmm. or it's somebody's Housewife. daughter, like yeah. uh, like on uh, that one with the boat where she was the Gail. Uh, Gilligan's Island. No, no, it was it was a cruise ship, and sh- and it, 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 she was this daughter of this. Oh, uh, right. Not important. And anyway, <laughs> Marlowe had been in this pilot, and the pilot didn't sell. But Marlowe had tested very well. Very well. Right. So they decided that they wanted to do a show with Marlowe starring in it. Mm-hmm. And they gave her a bunch of scripts that they had and stuff. And Marlowe was already a very independent. I mean, Marlowe was not, she wasn't, a, it, there wasn't feminism at that point. Right. It, it was just, she was an, an independent, strong person. Right. And so she wanted, to do something where the, the female was really the center and had a life and that right. was what the show was about and that that would affect young women and right. show them there were other options in life than getting married or whatever. That's great. When you pitch <clears throat> that show, do they laugh at you? They or frowned. they wanted it. They right. frowned. Wait, but she found you, right? She asked well, you no, to do well, it. Well, what happened was... Uh, Anyway, they gave her these shows, and she came back and said, she gave uh, Ed Sherrick, who was the president of ABC at that time, she gave him a copy of The Female Mystique. Mm-hmm. Feminine. Feminine Mystique. God damn it, Bill. I'm sorry. And uh, he said, what's this? She said, read it, and you'll see that I want to do a show because this is what's happening. Right. And credit to him, he read enough of it to realize that something was happening. Right. And he said, okay. He said, what'll the show be? And she said, well, I'm not sure, but she'll be an independent girl. She wants to be an actress. And he said, well, who are you going to get to write? He said, I'm going to get Bill Persky and Sam Denoff. Well, at that point, we were so hot. I mean, it was just like... I mean, doing the Van Dyke show, it was like you'd go to a party of people you didn't know, and uh, you'd kind of stand there. People were finally saying, what do you do? Uh, I write the Dick Van Dyke show, and then for the rest of the night, you you were the star of the evening. So anyway, we knew Marlo, and uh, so she asked us to come to London, and she was in Barefoot in the Park, Mm -hmm. in a theater in London, and she was wonderful. So we said, okay. So we came up with with the series. And then we went and had a meeting. And told, Now, the original title of the show was Miss Independence. Right. Because that's what Danny called Marlo. Right. And as we were going along, I said, you know, Miss Independence sounds like you won a contest or right. something. And so my parents had always referred to my sister as that girl. They, they, right. they were because she was always driving them crazy on one level. You know what that girl did today? Oh, I can't believe that. Right. So I said, I think we should call it that girl. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so we did an opening that showed three different people's idea of who that girl was. Her right. parents looking at her, right. and her agent looking, and then a guy in a restaurant right. says where's my waitress and the busboy says that girl and we pushed in on her right. and her hat fell and stuff. And I said we can't do it every week but you know it sets up who you, and God it became the most popular bum, open. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> ba, 
really, it really changed the generation. Then you'll be that girl too. Yeah. They don't write songs anymore like that. It changed a generation. Yeah. It really did. So that girl, I mean, I fucking loved that show yeah. because it was a girl. It was a girl. And show, she, yeah. yeah, she lived by herself. She had a boyfriend. They didn't live together, but, you know. Yeah, there was, you know, it, it's so strange when uh, girls came on. Right. Which I was not a fan of. Uh, the Lena Dunham? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half Jewish. I, I was yeah. not a fan. And the reason, <laughs> the reason was that that girl encouraged right girls and that and girls wallowed in their misery right. you know and it was i didn't find it and, right. and they said well there are a lot of girls like that i said well god i don't know them <laughs> i mean i haven't seen well, you them. truly are and now you discovered goldie hawn too. yes how did you well, discover, I didn't her? discover we were casting a show and uh, well, we, Liza said you discovered. Well, we did, yeah, we right. did. But I mean, she came into the office to mm-hmm. read for the lead woman, the the wife of the the, the star. And when she came in, what you, show was this? It was called Good Morning World. It was right. about a early morning disc jockey. Okay, and this is before that girl or after that? Be, right, right before. before. Okay. Right. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, she came in. And we knew that she wasn't right, but there was something about her that you knew right. you weren't going to let her out right. of the office. So she read the part, and she did it fine. She even brought a little teapot because in the scene, the girl right. pours tea. You know, she had this little can, little right. baby's teapot or something. She <laughs> picked up at a store, and when she was finished, I said, "Well, you're really not right." for the wife but you're perfect for her next door neighbor best friend mm-hmm. she said well i didn't see her in the script and i said until you came in she wasn't in the script so we rewrote it and made her and she was probably so excited she was amazing and I love you her. know we the show didn't last that long but george slaughter who Created, oh. created. Uh, Laughing. Laughing came to see her because he'd heard about mm-hmm. her, and he picked her right up there. Wow. Now Farah, who is Liza's idol, you know. I mean, yeah, she, Liza. Yeah, Li- yeah. Liza has Farah Fawcett underwear. You know, really? she really does. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, on Rosie, when yeah. when she was doing Rosie and Farah was on. Rosie said, well, you're the big fan. And she brought in all kinds of Farrah Fawcett stuff. Right. She said, I even have Farrah Fawcett underwear on. And, right. what are the, and on air, Rosie said, you know, Liza Persky has her underwear. He made her show her <laughs> But at any rate, we were casting another pilot, and this beautiful young woman came in to read. And How uh, old was she? Geez, I don't know. She must have been in her late 20s right. at best. Yeah. And after it was over, the reading... I said, you've got this part. And she got all excited. She said, this is my first audition. I got the part. And I said, yes, and you shouldn't take it. You said that? Yeah. And she said, why? I said, because you're going to be so much bigger than this part. Right. And you're going to be stuck with a contract. Right. And we're not going to let you out when everybody right. wants you. And you're going to end up hating me, and I don't need that. <laughs> I said, wow. So 
don't take the part. She said, well, I, I said, I'll tell you what, it's a Friday. You talk to your agent. Right. You tell him what I said, and you can, you know, he'll call Monday and tell him. Right. So, of course, on Monday he called. He said, I appreciate what you did, and Farrah's going to pass on the part. And about a month later, she was one of Charlie's angels. That's unbelievable. Oh but you see— And you became friends with her. Oh, the, close friends. There, mm-hmm. there was—there's something about a star— that right. you just know it. Right. You know, you, you're not going to let them out of your sight. You right. Know? Same thing as Sarah Jessica Parker came right. to read for me a long time ago. Right. You know, before all of this. And I said, you know what? You're going to be a lot bigger than this. You just know. Right. Now, Amazing. what did you think about the Smothers Brothers? I, I love mean, them. Because I feel like we're in that situation now with, you know. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Oh, I thought you meant that Donald Trump was Tommy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, the I love smothered, that show. Did the, you ever write anything no, for them? No, Well, yes. The first the first thing they had on television was, right. the, was the Steve Allen show. Right. Them and uh, Timmy Conway. That yeah. was his first oh, Tim, yes. national love. television show. Funniest man right. in the world. Oh, beyond. Dick Van Dyke is the most amazing. Right. But Tom, Tim Conway is yeah. the funniest all-time person. So we wrote for the Smothers Brothers, and and uh, then they went on and got their show, and then they got very political. And a friend of mine, Ernie Chambers, was the producer of that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> no, take that back. All right. <laughs> It just seems we're all joking. I know, right? I heard Ernie. I was like, oh, all right. I should have said Ernest. <laughs> all right, sorry. So uh, this has got to be a very boring thing. For no, people. no, listen. No, you may enjoy it, but... Uh, I'll just shut the fuck up. All okay. right, let's go. So anyway, they did I'm their sorry. show. I'm sorry, and Bill. it was a particularly political time. I mean, right. there's a lot going on, the Vietnam War, yeah. and, and there was a lot going on. Today, there's a lot going on, but there's really one thing going right. on, and that's Donald Trump. Right. I mean, the insanity of where he's we insane, are. But he's well, insane. Yes. he. I don't know that he's insane. I think he's deeply troubled. Right. But the, the, the thing I hold most against Trump is, I lost one of my favorite people because of him, because he voted for him. And, I, and oh it's yeah, just, you can't. It's real? just really yeah. hard to get with I somebody. I love that. Who? who what do you? A good. He lost a friend. I mean, oh, wow. a guy I worked with and everything. And once this happened, I, I, I kind of oh, didn't know I how see to, what you mean. Didn't know how to. Relate because so, if you can't yeah. get together and say, do you believe what the fuck? Yeah, is yeah, exactly. Right, you know. But uh, I'm sorry. He, uh, what Stephen Colbert, most of the comedy now, political comedy, is snarky. Right. And in a way, the, the, the comics are doing the punchline to the straight line that is coming from the news or, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a different construct. In those days, they would create something that people might not have been aware of 
as going on in the Vietnam War right. or something, and then they would bring it to their attention and do a sketch on it right. or whatever it was. Now it's all out there, right? So it's what's your joke on it, right? I mean, really, most of the comedy is spoken tweets. Right. If you, if it's you reduce so them to yeah. it, you know, Colbert, uh, Colbert has encapsulized it and it it made his show because he didn't know where he was going i don't think he knew where he was going before this came well he was so (laughs) entrenched in that other character yeah yeah and now he and now you didn't know who was who yeah and i don't think he could get out of that you know and now he's got a now he's got like an target he's got an angle yeah and he's right and (laughs) of all those guys I think Kimmel is the best. Really? The late I, night guys. I think he's very smooth at what he does. Yeah. I think he's... We know the head writer for that. Gary Greenberg. You know Gary? You know it's funny. Gary Greenberg's the head writer? Well, let, let me let me tell you something. I didn't know that. One of two. I didn't know that you knew him. You know Gary? Last what night... Sweetest mm-hmm. man. Last night, I got a phone call. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, Mr. Persky? I said, yeah. And I thought it was a, you know, one of those... Yeah. Selling me something. He said, I, I don't know if you remember me, but this is Gary Greenberg. And you made such a difference in my life that I've always wanted to call and tell you. This happened last, last night? Last night, I swear to God. What are the odds? And I said, well, what? He said, well, I did a benefit thing for Carl Reiner. And after it was over, you came up and you talked to me for about a half hour and told me how good I was and that really stick with it and you're going to, you're really good. And you're going to, and then the next day, I had told Carl how much I liked him. And then Carl called him. And he said, those two phone calls changed my life. That's right. where I had the, 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 confidence to right. just go on. I said, well, what are you doing now? Is it all good? And he said, yeah, I'm on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I started, and now I'm the head writer. And so I said, well, that made me feel so good, and it's so wow. funny that you know it. Oh, my God, yeah. it's Beshert. It's Beshert. <laughs> and he oh. really was sweet. Sweet. Oh, he's sweet one of those what do you, um, um, there's a couple other topics I really uh, want to discuss. Um, can you I, wrote okay. what? Go. Well, I want to know how proud you are that that girl that really was like the forefront to like women being strong on television. Yeah, and absolutely. Then led to like Mary Tyler Moore could be after that. And then yeah. Rhoda. And then it all kind of took yeah. off from that. Yeah. Girl. Right. And yeah. then you. And it's also wait iconic to the right. fact that from her hairstyle and the fashion right. of the show and then the whole yeah. 60s. So it really. It really. It really had a social impact. Yeah. And then Kate and Allie. You, yes, you, I, Kate did, and Allie Did was, you create that show? No, a wonderful writer by the name of uh, Sherry Coben had written a pilot called Two Mommies. And CBS was interested. <laughs> and, My kids have two mommies. And they, right, were, and they were interested in getting Susie St. James and Jane yeah. Curtin, who lived in New York. They wanted right. a show to come out in New York. Right. And so I was one of the few people who was in New York, and they said, would you do this, sh- you know, you yeah. do, do the show? I said, yeah, I said, I'm, you know, what, what the way I direct is I rewrite. I mean, right. it becomes improvisational and stuff. Right. And I, I said, I'm not in competition with the script, but 
it'll change. And, right. uh, and I said to Sherry, I said, you know, I'm, I'm respectful, right. but it's going to change a lot. And then Jane and Susan, I had lunch with them, and they were, uh, Susie was fine, but Jane was very Inflexible. touch and go. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, she was not sure she wanted to commit oh, to this. Okay. She didn't know it would be funny. And all during the rehearsal for the first show, which was her first date. She was a single. Right. Her husband had left her for another woman, and she right. was a new uh, Connecticut social right. woman. And she had no functions in life right. other than to dress up right. and feed. All her wardrobe was beige. Right. And Or as she'd say, no, this is puce. And uh, anyway, the first show was her first date. And the first date was the job that got Kelsey Grammer his his no way screen actors card. Yeah. That was he was the first date. He was the first date, and again, the minute you saw him, you said, "This is going far. Wow. This guy is really great." <laughs> so anyway, Jane had been very reticent and unsure, and then in the first scene, when it was over after all the laughs, she said to Susie, "You know, I think this may work." <laughs> she's brilliant. Yeah, she's the both of them. I mean, but Jane Curtin, I would love to meet her. Sometime. Oh, she is. But such she's a, like the greatest straight she's yeah. sweetheart. Yep. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. You're such a feminist. I am. I How mean, did that happen? I. Yeah, why don't you listen, Leonard? <laughs> well, I, I pretty much yeah. was brought up by my mother because yeah. my mm. father was away all the time. I had a sister, and my father's aunt, uh, my father's sister lived with us. So I, had, I saw a lot of women around. And my father wasn't there for a lot of stuff that a man would do. Right. I mean, when I was seven years old, we lived in an in a two-family house, and the right. landlord lived on the first floor, and nobody could pay the rent on time. This was 1938, and he came up, and he started to berate my mother, and I jumped on him, and we rolled down the stairs, and no I way. was beating him up. Yeah, I was always the protector, right. you know? And then, uh, in my, I just always liked women. Right. I always thought they were strong and smart because my mother right. kept things together, man, when, when there was nothing to keep it together right. with. And, uh, and my sister was always very special. I, I mean, she was a terrific lady. And, I mean, today at 92... She's probably going to lunch somewhere today and going to a show tonight. Where does she live? Here in the she city? She lives on 68th and between Lexington, uh, between 3rd and 2nd. Oh, you're right by each other. Very close. Do you see each other all the yeah. time? Yeah. But, well, I, tell, I told her. Bunny and Bill. I told her. I said the other day, she said, we used to go to lunch all the time. And I said, I have to admit something. When we went to lunch, it was obvious that I was probably your brother because we looked alike and I yeah. was younger. I said, and now when I'm on my cane and not walking, right. people think we're husband and wife and I <laughs> and it bothers me. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, you worked with Bill Cosby. 
briefly, yes. Did wrote you a, know wrote what a the, special for him? Were you aware of his? Also, a fan of women. Yeah, he loves women. Loves women. He loves women when they're <laughs> sleeping, pretty much. I tell you, when Bill Cosby started, yeah, there were women lined up. Oh, I bet he the, was so at handsome the, at the door. Yeah, I mean, so the and to this day, to in my mind, the thought of him, he certainly didn't need to do that. Right. So there was obviously some little flaw right. somewhere that manifested itself that way. But he he didn't have to do that. Right. They were all over the place. Yeah, and <laughs> it's horrible. Um, you, like, I talked to your daughter, Liza. Yes. And she, she said that you're, like, sort of like me with the hating everything and hating everyone. I mean, but you seem not like that. Well, I use the word hate. Right instead of drives me crazy right like you want to know one of the things yeah. i hate i ride the bus right. or the subway right when you have a cane you use the bus more mm-hmm. because you can't do the stairs everybody i mean it looks like right. it looks no matter what bus you got on in new york it looks like the destination right. is lords right <laughs> you know and the platform is right yeah and, and they're like when yeah. I was on a walker, they started to put the platform on. I said, not yet. Right. <laughs> I lift the thing up. But it <laughs> drives me crazy. People will be in the back of a two-bus right. chain. They will walk to the front, get off in the front, holding up the people getting right. on, right. and then walk back to where they already were right to go someplace right why won't they go out the back the back door, door. right they never do and I, I do yeah i do too but <laughs> yeah. i i wonder if somehow it has to do with the back of the bus being the back of the bus being the back, you know from from segregation and oh stuff. my yeah. god yeah. well i don't i, I can't of think of any right. other there is no they're idiots logical reason they're, they're dumb people are fucking an- idiots they yeah. i mean and and they're saying use the rear door use the rear door and they just walk right up and do it, it drives me crazy. so you lived in la and then you moved to new york hate and la i know you hate so la Liza me said, too yeah i we're not i don't hate it this is how i describe my la thing uh, when people are like, yeah, do you hate L.A.? Well, first of all, I hate sitting in a fucking car all the time. Yeah. But this is how, when I had to move there for um, work, I remember it was, ER was had just started. Right. And um, I think L.A. Law was on or something like that. I, one of these shows that took place in yeah. L.A. And I remember if I was in L.A., and I saw the opening, oh, it was NYPD Blue. And I saw the opening of NYPD Blue... I'd get so depressed and like physically <laughs> nauseous, like I was so homesick. But if I was in New York and I saw the opening of L.A. Law, I didn't care. That's well, how I. Well, you know oh, what? God, you know shit. what? You know what? Buddy Hackett said about L.A. What? He said you go to L.A. and you get a house and you sit by the pool and you have a dream, you have a drink. And then you fall asleep and you wake up and it's 20 years later. <laughs> now, I'm going to have to leave. Why? Because it's I have an appointment with a chiropractor, no less. All right. Can at 2.30. Two th- All right. Wait one second. I have other questions. Uh, sure. Okay. Number one. Yes. Um, 
fuck what was that oh she said that the day you left you looked at yourself and you realized you were oh yeah she who I my daughter Liza who is a friend Uh, she's a a producer right I wanted to start with that your your daughters are all in the business no only one of them they all started but But once an Emmy Award winner, correct? Liza, yeah. She did Rosie. you know Liza. Yes. She did Rosie and and Wendy Williams and a lot of shit. Okay, so ask me. And anyway, I was living in L.A. and I was already getting tired because everybody in L.A. has a monologue. Right. Okay. And you go to a party and they update their monologue. Right. Guy hates his wife, does four I hate my wife jokes. Right. Guy, you know, whatever it is, they... Pat Pat McCormick, who right. was one of the great writers, yes, he died of his monologue. <laughs> Seriously, he he was a drinker and right. a carouser and a wild man, and he died as a result of that. But that was his monologue, and so I, and you know, it's like everybody said, "Oh, it's so beautiful, the flowers and everything." I said, "You know what the vegetation looks like in L.A.?" I said, "It looked like God threw up." I said, there are plants next to one another that don't exist in nature within 3,000 miles of one another, you know? So it's just so it's hard to limited. And you know, I also said, everybody's house belonged to somebody else. Right. right. Uh, you know, I have the old so-and-so. I said, in L.A., you ring the bell and credits roll up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I had a Mercedes convertible, an old one. Right that I had bought and taken care of before they were hot shot, before people had forgiven the, right. na- the Nazis to the degree that they had. Uh-huh. And I also had a beard, which I loved because it had two gray spikes on right. it. It was really cool. <laughs> so I was driving, and there's a five-way stop sign in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I got there, and there were three other guys, uh, four other guys there, two of them were in Mercedes convertibles and they had beards. <laughs> and two of them were in Rolls Royces and they had beards. And I looked around and I said, I'm not them, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and that was it. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> How old were the kids? Well, let's see, it was 25 years oh, ago. Oh, wow. So they You've were been in, in their early and... 20s. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's great. What? So what really pisses you off? I mean, we could talk about Trump for an hour. Oh, you have forever. to go to the fucking chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think in your lifetime someone could say the shit that he has said and become pre- president well, the of the thing, United States? Well, the thing about it is I say he's going to eventually say something and that's going to be it. And then every day he does and it isn't it. I know. What, what the fuck is that? You can't write a character like that, can no. you? And he has no respect for the office of the presidency. Yeah. He doesn't understand it. Well, he doesn't right. understand he history, American right. history, he, he the presidency. Care. But you know what? Whoever would, as a president, would refer to the head of another country as a smart cookie. I know. <laughs> but the people who he who love him talk like that. Right. They understand smart cookies. So you haven't talked to your friend at all? Yeah, we've talked. I mean, and we're going to get together because I love him too much. And is he in show business? Yes. And he voted for Trump? Yeah. Is he Jewish? He was. (laughs) What does that mean? He changed his religion. Not because of Trump, but because of factors, very serious factors in his life. I hate to leave you. Who the fuck changes their religion because of factors? 
I know who it is. All right. Um, Fascinating. What? Uh, now, I, I'm sure nobody listening to this enjoyed this as much as you did. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. You too. Wait, you have, we we We're asked ask for people. Fan. Ask for people to, to let you to know. Ask. Yeah. No, we love it. I well, want we're, more. We're in the business. We, right. We're Listen. We get. We can. We can talk history of classic no, television. Now we have to. Have we come ask. Back so we can ask. I know. Television question. We ask every guest. Right. Uh, this this question. Uh, because we promote mental health. But right. are you <laughs> on, or have you ever been on any antidepressants? Yes. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I'm very. I, I know. Stuff. I'm very pro. I mean, I would be in a mental institution if I didn't have them, mm. and that's why I, I want to normalize it. They're well, good. Well, what'd you do before the antidepressant? What do people do besides drink and? <laughs> I don't know. You survived, right? You know, and you just lived with it, right? And they're not miracles, but they they they, they do definitely take an help, ed- they right? Take an edge Who was somebody you worked with that really should have been on all that stuff? Harry Crane. Do we know Harry Crane? Harry Crane was the most famous joke writer in Hollywood. Really? He wrote for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis and everybody else. He was... Wow. He was... You know, they referred to writers in L.A. The nicest guy in the world, he can't can't write his own name. Right. Or the most brilliant writer you ever saw, don't turn your back on him. Right. Harry Crane was the most brilliant writer in the world. Don't turn your back. Really? <laughs> he, yeah, he he just, he was so creative. I loved him. I mean, right. I must say I loved him. But he was such a wily creature to get himself out in front. It was amazing. Wow. I had a good time here with you guys. Thank you so much. If you ever want me back, I'll come yeah, back. Yeah, I want to come back and get, like, people can ask you whatever questions yeah. you want. You don't know anything about actual my my life and the things that I have lived through. Yeah, well, we'll ask. Very um, intriguing. Well, thanks a lot for bringing that up right now. Now I'll just get my cane. Oh, God. Wait, take your headset off. I'll tell you an interesting thing about canes. Yeah, move your mic up. Yeah, go ahead. You find out a lot about other people when you're when you have a cane, mm. and one of the things you learn on a subway or bus is that only women get up. No, <laughs> the only people who do not get up are white Caucasians between fifteen and twenty-five. Never has a kid in that really? age really never, or Asian kids, African American kids, everybody gets up. I was on the subway, and there was this real jock sitting there with his headset on, and there was a woman with a baby sitting next to him and another lady with a lot of bags over there, and I'm swaying back and forth, and people are looking at him, you know. And I didn't care because most of the time I'd rather stand up because it's easier. And so at one point the announcement comes on and says, subway courtesy requires that you surrender your seat to someone who is elderly, someone who is infirmed, or someone who is pregnant. And I said, two out of three. <laughs> he never, never moved. Never got up? <laughs> never moved. Fuck him, I hate him. <laughs> never moved. 
Oh uh, my God, I love you, Bill Persky. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. That's fantastic. This will be actually on a radio or something. No, it'll be on, on uh, podcast. Yes, podcast? yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll get. I'll send you the info. Okay. And if you ever should have the desire for me to come back, oh please, I will do it. I'm dying to know who out? the. I got no. I'm. Okay. I'm dying to know who the person who changed his religion. Uh, and I'll tell you off the air, but you can't. <laughs> Does he look like an insect? No. Oh. Bye, Bill. Bye, Bill. You know what I love about old people. They just, he's go. I gotta go. And he gets up and leaves. <laughs> and just walks right out the door. I like him. He's fascinating. Yeah. He lived through. There's so many questions I didn't even get to. Like. I mean, he's worked with all these people. I know. We could just go, what do you think about him? What do you think? Right. When you went to the bathroom, I, I was asking him about Mel Brooks. What did he say? And, uh, do we keep that? Or uh, Woody Allen. I said, do you work with Woody Allen? Yeah. You know, he's like, well, he knew him, but he didn't really work with him. Right. So, but, I mean, I could go, Dick Sean, how brilliant was he? And, right. And all the, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And he created two incredible shows for women. Like I know. So important. Yeah, Kate and Allie. Kate and Allie's a monster hit. That girl. Yep. I, I want to ask her. I got 20 questions about Susan St. James. Oh, please. How gorgeous uh, was she? I know. We got to. Um, yeah, come on. We got to have her all right. back. All right. Well, thank you all. Um, this was great. Thanks. I'm glad I met you. You're it. coming back. All right. I'll I'll ask Mr. Persky tons of questions. Yeah, all right. Uh, what, have... You got to put his daughter in context, you know, when you start this stuff. Oh, sorry. His daughter's Liza. Sorry. <laughs> But I wanted to have hi- the daughter and him on because she would have prompted him into like some really exactly, good... and she's fascinating too. I know she's Come great. Come on, god damn it, people! I give up. I'm, I'm leaving. Fuck you. Uh, listen, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I enjoy. I love Bill. Per- I love. You know what? There's. I love older people. They're so fascinating. They you get so, the history. I know. My first. My next question was going to be like. Uh, Compare Nixon, that era you lived oh through, to this era. Oh, my God. Era. Hello. That's my Sorry. first question out of the gate next time for Bill Presley. Right. Let's write that down. All right. Let's okay. write it down. All right. all right. Thank you all for listening. And as we always say, <laughs> so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.